0: In the first two seasons, the show featured guests from over 60 different countries and will continue down that path because it is imperative that we cherish the differences. And we can only do that by getting out and journeying into unknown frontiers, whether it be physically or simply through conversation, sharing lovely experiences and saluting the tenacious and resilient guests. We have a tremendous show for you today. And when it comes to describing today's guest, I had to pull out Mythosaurus because she is so unique I was having difficulty finding the word to describe her. Today's astonishing, astounding, remarkable, just radical, awesome guest is South African free diver? Talia Davidoff. I'm usually awestruck when it comes to the guests who spend their time underwater, and having recently become scuba certified, my appreciation and admiration for these individuals has increased tenfold. Natalia is not just a diver, but she's a free diver. She's a 12-time continental record holder, 18-time South African national record holder, and get this, also is a three-time world record holder for spearfishing. She's the first spearfishing athlete that I've ever met, and hopefully not the last. As a freediver, she believes that every time her face touches the water, a part of her is reawakened, something that a millennium's worth of evolution has tried to change. Water is memory, memory is history, and if we don't know our histories, how can we change ourselves? Talia is a scuba diving and freediving instructor whose love of the ocean and seas began at a young age and progressed into college where she completed a degree in marine biology from the University of Cape Town. She has a passion for marine apex predators as well as conserving the ocean. She has worked on multiple projects like the Shark Safe Barrier alongside Michael Rutzen and Coral Reef CPR with Dr. Andrew Bruckner. Talia loves introducing people to the underwater world. As an instructor trainer, she mentors other freediving instructor candidates. She also loves working with children, teaching swimming, with their youngest student being three months old. In 2021, she won the AIDA Tampa At Challenge and placed fifth at Vertica Blue Championships. Recently, Talia and her new husband moved to Oregon and they founded the Oregon Freediving Company, which is where she joined me for today's interview. It's such a fun conversation. She talks about her love for the ocean and she reflects on her most memorable records. Just a great conversation. Super stoked for everyone to meet her. You are gonna love her. So let's go ahead and welcome South African freediver, Talia Davidov, and let's learn. Many people in South Africa grow up on the water and it's a big part of the culture. So for you, when did your love for diving and the ocean begin?
1: So uh, it's uh, it's, a, it's a long love story. My dad was the first trained scuba diving instructor in South Africa. Um, he came to uh, the U.S. in 76, I think it was, 71, and he got trained here and then took that back to South Africa and opened up uh, a dive shop called UDEC, Underwater Diving Equipment Company. And, you know, so I was raised with that sentiment. And from a very young age, my dad was like, mask, snorkel, things off you go and then went and did um played with my dad played underwater hockey competitively throughout high school not very not a very spectator sport but um then yeah from there I, I fell in love with Shark Man as a documentary that came out in 2001 with Michael Ratson and then of course Planet Earth or Blue Planets uh David attenborough so from a very young age I knew that I wanted to study marine biology And, um, you know, my parents, when I got to 18, I want to study marine biology. They were like, yeah, take a gap year. Hmm." And then I came back and I was like, still want to study marine biology. Um, So, yeah, I got into the field and through that, got into scuba, started teaching scuba and then found freediving. And here we are.
0: Here we are. I'm curious on a training session for you, specifically as a free diver, and and how much of that training can you actually do on land in in regards to just holding a breath, deep breathing, slow breathing, and rhythmic breathing?
1: So um, cross-training is incredibly important, Um, and a lot of people, a lot of free divers tend to dismiss it, and it really does uh, prevent you from um, progressing at depth without cross-training. So most of my work is, A, I do a lot of work in the pool, Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of pool training and then I try and keep um, general fitness. So I I kickbox, I weight train and I run Um, as a general standard, almost once to twice a day, something like that's happening. And then um, aside from that, I do uh, a lot of yoga, um, trying to really open up. We work on chest flexibility. So I do a lot of breathing exercises to try and increase my lung capacity um, so that I can Obviously, taking more air without putting too much pressure on my heart. Because if you're not if you're not well acquainted with that, you could have a, a whiteout, out, which in our community isn't dangerous. It's just embarrassing, where where someone blacks out right at the beginning of their dive because of the pressure on the heart from inflexible lung capacity. So, a lot of uh, a lot of segmented breathing, diaphragmatic breathing, and. I don't do tables, a lot of people do carbon dioxide tables, um, I just find it's, it trains the body against like the trauma, um, but I, I think it's it doesn't happen in depth, uh, it shouldn't happen at depth, so I don't see the point in training it on land. Um, you know, your breath holds, breath hold is, it's, it's something that you can increase, but it's, it's pretty predetermined from the beginning. Someone who has who's actually pushing, doing their hardest, who hits a two-and-a-half-minute breath hold, it is unlikely that they're going to push up to seven minutes in training. Um, so, yes, you can increase that, but not by uh, masses. So, I mean, my breath hold is my breath hold, and I've made peace with that. <laughs>
0: yeah. Did your marine biology background, has that helped you in any ways, diving?
1: Um. The, the two went together, really. So I very quickly realized that I was not going to be the person behind the computer writing up the thesis. Um, I don't have the time or patience to do 10,000 words when I'm like, we did the thing, this is the result, cool. Um, so I was definitely, I got into the field very, very quickly after I finished studying. Um, and I was actually disappointed that at university, we're given uh, a lot of the theory behind it all, but The practical doesn't necessarily involve scientific diving. So diving wasn't a part of the program. So I took that on myself. So I was like, I mean, I'm studying the underwater world. I kind of need to be able to be there. Um, So, you know, and that like, and then, you know, Pops was straight up like, yeah, let's do this thing. This is how I do it. Dad, that's wrong. They did that in the seventies. It's dangerous. Um, So, you know. It was, it was kind of the the two grew together. And then my first work with Michael Ratson after university was, you know, diving with, um, diving in the, in shark alley, um, putting up the shark safe barrier and working in pretty strenuous conditions. Um, so that, you know, So you needed to be a really good diver, let alone like sharks were like the least of our concern. It was very, very trying conditions that, you know, you let go at the wrong time. You'd be like swept out of a channel and no one would be able to find you. So yeah, it was definitely up together. They grew together.
0: Yeah. You mentioned shark safe and I'm excited to ask you about that. But first I want to talk more about the breathing aspect because in chatting with divers and my first experiences diving. I learned so much about just the intrinsic aspect of breathing, slow breathing, rhythmic breathing, calm breathing, not panicking, and I found that in many ways, it's a form of meditation, and also, because of that, it seems like it, it helps out in your everyday life. So, in what ways do you feel you've benefited just in your everyday life away from diving, from having time spent on the water of slow breathing, methodical meditative breathing?
1: Sure humans as a whole are incredibly lazy breathers um we breathe from our upper chest because at some point in our lives we are told to pull in our stomachs and stick out our chests because that is uh aesthetically pleasing and we become incredibly inefficient at breathing um so we only breathe from our upper chest which is moving bone as opposed to diaphragmatic breathing which is just moving soft everything soft and i have general anxiety disorder i was diagnosed with that a couple of years ago and you know, the doctor hands you prescribed medication after prescribed medication. I was so sick of it. And then I took free diving on and actually slowed down, learned diaphragmatic breathing, and now I'm medica- medication-free and have learned how to, you know, just sit down and really focus on diaphragmatic breathing. And we have systematically, in our system, we have something called ventilation breathing, which is a two-second inhale, two-second pause, 10-second exhale, two-second pause. And if you sit and you do that every day just with a diaphragm, you can actually watch your heart rate drop. I've gotten my heart rate down to 36 in, in doing that. And you know, it's just correct oxygenation of the brain and of the body. And it also, you have to be present to be breathing like that. And because of that, you, you, know, you have to shift everything out of the way and just focus on what you're doing. And it's very, very calming. A very pleasant experience
0: you use a specific mantra or thoughts to help focus the breathing especially to time it out and probably specifically on the exhale to make sure that is slow enough to hit that 10 seconds
1: so it's uh i'm uh in our freediver courses we teach this ventilation breathing and we coach every single breath so we'll go inhale Pause, pause, exhale, 1001, 1002. And that's how we coach it. And that's how I learned it. So I can hear my first instructor's voice, his goddamn name, Chris Bustad. So I can hear his voice and his uh, cadence cool. in my head. And it's going to be stuck there forever. And okay. I assume a lot of people who've gone through my courses hear my voice where, when they're doing that as well.
0: well I'm going to use your voice today. When I go back in the pool today, I'm going to use that. I can do the two-second inhale, that 10-second exhale is where I got to do more practice at. You gotta, uh, so
1: you've got to use an S with the exhale. Create an S sound, it's okay. going to, um, it it creates a blocker to slow down the exhale. If you're using it, Okay. slows it down a lot.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. Awesome. You hold many records in freediving. Is there a specific result that makes you the most proud?
1: Um. I hold a few records. Um. And they are, oh, I want to say, I think I hold 14 national records and eight continental records. So that would be, my, the most important one was uh, January 2019. I actually um, lost my father three days um, ahead of a national record attempt. And I convinced myself that that was something that I could do. Like even after he had passed, I was like, my dad would want this. I want going to do this. And I had a panic attack at 55, uh, meters. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 150 feet, give or take. And luckily I had the safety in tow with me to, to get me back up to the surface safely. Um, and in, yeah, in hindsight, it was a really silly thing to do because like my body wasn't ready. My brain wasn't ready. Um, so I made peace with that and then later on that year, a couple of months later, I was, I was diagnosed with cervical cancer and had done uh, surgery to deal with that uh, two weeks ahead of a competition and went to Roatan and the, the first dive there was a dedication to my father and, you know, so I, I'd managed to get the the Bifins national record back and so that was a, a super special moment and a really important moment for, so that record, you know, even though I'm, you know, 10 meters deeper than that now, uh, that will still be the most important record that I have.
0: Ah, oh, what a lovely story. <laughs> well, you mentioned the Shark Safe Barrier earlier. So what is that? And why is it important to you?
1: So the Shark Safe Barrier was an incredible project to be a part of. It was done put together by Dr. Sara Andriotti and Michael Ratzon, who is the like original Discovery Channel Shark Man. Um, and it is an artificial kelp bed uh, that uses directional magnets and PVC piping to um, create a, you know, shark's hunt for the most part, electromagnetically. They've got something on the, on their noses called the ampullae of Lorenzini and they use that to pick up uh, food in the water. So. creates if you have a directional magnet it severely disturbs the sharks it's it's uncomfortable to them it disturbs their behavior and you know so we built this as a tester in shark alley and it was amazing we had a 100 percent success rate on it and the best part of it all was that it wasn't killing anything else you know because animals could travel through it that was our biggest thing the shark nets are you know they're killing so much um including sharks so we didn't want that so We set up this really cool square in the middle of Shark Alley and pushed it, like put whale meat chum in the middle of it. And like there was, you know, we had nothing come in and, you know, so that was, it was really, really important to, to do that and to be able to like safely deal with sharks, um, so that they're not, you know, so that they're safe, basically.
0: Very cool project. I feel that drivers have a unique outlook on life because of the amount of time they spend underwater. That being said, I'm curious for you, what do you feel is just the biggest life lesson you've learned from the last crazy 18 months?
1: Slow down. Um, I think we, you know, under this stressful environment, we start having these like existential to-do lists and you know, you get panicky because the future is uncertain and you've got 27 different options that you might need to go in because tomorrow is not certain. And you want to make sure you're safe and sane and healthy. Um, I would say I've just come to realize, you know, slow down and be grateful for what is around you, um, which is a hard thing, but it's a, it's a really, really good lesson to have. And if you can be grateful in and around the small things in your, in your life, like last year or no, earlier this year we had an ice storm and I'm from South Africa. You know, we have, we don't have snow or ice. We had an ice storm and we didn't have electricity for nine days. And something like that is a leveler, you know, you're like, they are. I'm grateful that there's a roof over my head. Um, you know, so I think it's just stop taking everything for granted that's around you. Stop taking the food on your plate for granted. You know, just just be present and be grateful for, for everything that you have.
0: There was one word that you said in that, you said uncertainty and about that we tend to kind of panic, freak out when there is uncertainty. So for you, when you're diving, what do you do when it comes to things that are uncertain and and doubt?
1: Um, Fall in love with the process. Um, You know, at the beginning of each dive, I say to myself, throw the dive away. Throw it away. Don't hold any self-worth to that depth. Um, It's really important. That you love every second of it and not just focus on getting that tag at the bottom of the line. Yeah. So fall in love with the process. And, you know, if it works, it works. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. My goal is to come up from a dive happy and conscious. And every single dive that I've ever done has been that way. Um, and I mean, if you see me like in competition, I'm like a Labrador, if you watch me on Vertical Blue, everyone is so serious. And I'm just like, I'm so happy to be here. Um, and, you know, I just think when you have that outlook, nothing is a disappointment, it's just a lesson.
0: Very cool, very cool. Tremendous philosophy, I, I, I admire it so much. What's next for you? What do, we, what do you have coming up that we should be aware of in events?
1: Well, if all pans out, out, granted, uh, you know, everything works out with immigration, I am planning to go to compete at the CMAS World Championships in Turkey in about two weeks. Um, And uh, we will, you know, be the first female uh, to represent in continental Africa and the first uh, athlete from South Africa to ever compete. So it's a huge honor, a huge stressor, like stressor just because just I really want to go. I don't really care what happens if I'm there. Like I, don't, like I don't care if I don't even dive. I'm just like, let me go hang out. Um, Have you been to me- Turkey before? I haven't. I Ooh. haven't. It's, and I've seen the pictures of Kash and it is like a painting. I'm so excited.
0: Yes. So that, hopefully best, that will work out. Best food on the planet is all from Turkey.
1: I, I don't doubt it for one second, for one second. I'm so excited. So hopefully that all works out, but we will see.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. Before I let you go, I, I got to ask, for someone visiting Cape Town for the first time, what would be your recommendation?
1: Ooh, okay, well, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> Cape Town, I don't like to do the standard things. You know, yes, right. go up Table Mountain, that's fun. Lion's Head, that's fun. There's a little... Uh, there's a there's a hotel called the Three Apostles, okay. and opposite that there is a the it's coastline beautiful Atlantic coastline, and there is a dive site there called Justin's Caves, um, and you can go to any scuba diving shop, and you don't need to be a scuba diver, you can be a snorkeler for all you want, but it is better than i've been to the maldives i've been to thailand i've seen coral reefs there is nothing more beautiful in this world than justin's caves and that's what i would i would say go to justin's caves and then make sure that you get to don't go to the obvious things you know go and walk the streets safely safely keep your keep your money and your credit cards at home but um you go Go and interact with the people because it's a colorful nation and uh, it's a a beauty to be a part of. And you often miss that when you're going to the the standard sites. So go and walk the streets, go and try bunny chows. It's great food um, and get a real feel for South Africa.
0: This came to my mind too. Somewhat unrelated, but I had to ask, what's the most challenging aspect of being a newlywed during a worldwide quarantine pandemic? (laughs) <laughs> how much I'd time do we low, have right
1: i'd say no comment but it has been it's been a really really tough year um you know trying to work through uh a marriage yeah. in and i live with my husband i work with my husband um you know we are in each other's faces 24 7 and we've had to really learn how to communicate effectively and i you know where i'm like I love you, but I don't want you in my space right now because <laughs> I can't, your breathing irritates me, you know? So it's, uh, it's definitely been a struggle, but we are coming out stronger. And, you know, I find in, in the moments, like when I'm at vertical blue, you know, he's, he's the person who makes sure that my nose clip is there and my lanyard is there, that I'm safe. He's giving me, you know, a big squeeze just before I get into the pit and I wouldn't do it with, with anyone else come dive in the Pacific Northwest. It's cold and dark, but it's beautiful. Do
0: you have a dive facility? Is what you're at now? Yes.
1: So okay. I'm currently at, at my shop, which is the Oregon Free Diving Company. We teach freediving and spearfishing. And we honestly, like the Pacific Northwest is not known for diving, but we have beautiful coastline rugged, but we, you know, being able to sustainably harvest your own food is a really, really cool thing that you can do out here. And you know, we're really all for that. Like, I don't like to go and buy any sort of, you know, animal product in store if I can go and get it myself. Yeah. And that's what we teach out here. Mm. And uh, I would definitely recommend that people come out to the Pacific Northwest and come and see what it's about. Because, I mean, it's cold, but that's about it. That's about
0: it. We can handle that.
1: Yeah. We can handle that. We've got alpine lakes that have over a hundred foot visibility. They're insane.
0: Can you mention the name of your facility again and the location and how can people, people get more yeah, touch us? Yeah.
1: Sure. We are the Oregon Freediving Company. We are based in Oregon City, nowhere near the ocean. Um, <laughs> people are always shocked. There's a freediving shop here. Um, and, yeah, you can catch us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you can check us out. Uh, we have a website, which is just Google the Oregon Freediving Company. We for sure come up and, yeah, chat to us. We don't often answer the phone and we often close the shop to go spear fishing. So always best to give us a call before you come in. <laughs> fantastic.
0: Fantastic. Well, Once I get a little better in the scuba, that's the next route for me. you guys.
1: Brilliant. Uh, We'd love to have you.
0: Um, I'm going to put it on my list. Will you say how people can follow you in your career?
1: Sure. Um, you can check me on, I kept my Instagram under my maiden name because it hasn't changed yet. So I'm Talia Davidoff. You can find me on Instagram. You can also Google Talia Davidoff Diver and you will find my website uh, pretty with everything there and a, an easy way to contact me through that. As well on Facebook, I'm under Talia Semrad. Um, but yeah, Instagram would be the best way forward. And yeah, just watch out for the Seamass World Chats.
0: Very cool. You're, you're the best. This was so much fun. I love your personality. Uh, this was great. I learned so much from you.
1: Really, kudos goes to, goes to the bro who's hung out and and sat through the the interview. Uh, he's he's been a champ. I'm super stoked. <laughs> thank I you. You're my hero.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for today.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Bye. Have a good one. Cheers.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Talia. A quick update on her career at the cmas World Championships. On the first four days, Talia netted four national and continental records, including four white cards. During one day of the event, Talia reached a depth of 71 meters. Uh, My mind can't even comprehend (laughs) just how far deep she was. It's a massive accomplishment. Shout out to you, Talia. Great job. Looking forward to seeing what's next. Be sure to give her a follow on Instagram, Talia Davidoff, and follow the Oregon Freediving Company as well. Way to see some of the pictures that the, the members of the Freediving Company have posted, especially when it comes to... Some of the animals that they encounter at these depths. Everyone has a story, each person a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento.